The evil of corruption reaches into every corner of the world. Corruption lies at the heart of the most urgent problems we face. Welcome to Confidential Brief, where Chad Thomas takes you into the stories behind the issues facing our society. A very good afternoon to you. You're listening to Confidential Brief, proudly brought to you by Rubber Roofs, your trusted name in roof waterproofing. My name is Chad Thomas. You're listening to Confidential Brief, and in a couple of minutes... I'm going to be chatting to Interpol Ambassador for the Turn Back Crime Campaign, Andy Mashaile. I'd like to remind you that the views expressed on the show aren't necessarily those of Chai FM. Confidential Brief is proudly brought to you by Rubber Roofs, the trusted name in roof waterproofing. A very good afternoon to you. You're listening to Confidential Brief, proudly brought to you by Rubber Roofs, your trusted name in roof waterproofing. My name is Chad Thomas. I'm very happy to be joined in studio by a very good friend, somebody that is one of the most passionate voices against crime in South Africa. He has served his time on the provincial um, policing boards and currently is the Interpol Ambassador for the Turning Back Crime Campaign. He's none other than my very good friend, Andy Mashaile. Andy, thank you so much for joining us today. Brother, it's good to be on air with a heavyweight champion like yourself and on the heavyweight champion show, High FM 101.9. Keep the dial, keep the dial. Don't move the dial. <laughs> thank you so very much for that plug. Andy, you and I very recently um, were in the same panel as our colleagues from the police, the National Prosecuting Authority, certain NGOs, NPOs, and the discussion was whether South African had become a mafia state. And it was a very broad statement to make and a very damning statement to make of our country to say that we've descended into mafia state status. And, of course, there were differing opinions. Let's chat about your thoughts about South Africa descending into failed state or mafia state status. Chat, yes, uh, that we, the nation, uh, Chat, um, had a very profound impact on a bystander, on someone standing outside of the borders of South Africa, listening to us talk about it, South Africans. Um, I'm happy at the conclusion um, uh, with Judge Dennis Davis, we all agree that we are not yet at that stage. If we don't take decisive action by eradicating uh, those organized crime gangs which goes to sites and <laughs> demand the so-called 30% um, because uh, the policies uh, of government say um a contractor A or contractor B must leave 30% in that community. And we also learned that some of these hooligans, some of these organized uh, uh, criminals are driving vehicles that drive, uh, driving the latest BMW 750i's. There's, um, uh, there's, there's nothing personal um, against the two brands, Mercedes and, 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 and BMW, but um, they would um, send out a certain level of affordability, meaning the people driving those cars have money, have what it takes. Now, if they were going to go to a site and demand 30%, we will not say, um, as it has been said, uh, that those people are unemployed and are looking for opportunities uh, for the contractor. We knew 
uh, my brother, in that discussion that uh, from the people who were with us, we knew that those were organized criminals. And, and, and my thought is like I in earlier on said in this discussion, we are not yet at that stage. We need to make sure that we don't arrive at that stage. It doesn't matter who is behind um, 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 behind these games. They have got to be cleaned. Uh, send them to jail, let them rot in jail, ensure that we don't descend to a state where there's chaos in our country. I Certainly some of us will not agree to, um, to that. So Andy, I agree with you on the point that we're not a failed state. We have a functioning judiciary. We've seen with the constitutional court rulings. We have a functioning democracy. We've seen where on a local government level there have been opposition parties in power. We've seen coalitions in power. We've seen even another province governed by another party. So we have a functioning democracy, a functioning judiciary. But let's be realistic here. When one looks at the spate of murders, CIT robberies, ATM bombings, rapes and GBV, we are in serious trouble when it comes to crime. Big brother, we are really in serious trouble. I am not going to agree and nod my head and, and, and fold my arms and walk out of this interview having it only spoken. I, 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 I will agree with you and ensure that the actions that I take are aimed at one Ensuring that the people of this country by 2030, as it is prescribed in the National Development Plan, Chapter 12, the peop- which says the people must be safe and the people should actually be safe, the people of this country. Um, I will contribute physically like uh, you have seen, like I know that you do from investigations point of view and some of us from mobilization um, and, and angles. Yes, crime has gone up badly. Remember when General Petros was the provincial um, commissioner and I was the chairperson of the board? Remember the synergy between the police and the communities, including yourself, yourself, Chad, and all others in the industry. We were talking every day, we were talking every minute where an opportunity presented, presented itself. And I am happy to say you sitting behind that mic and me sitting behind this mic, we were able to stop the cash in transit heist from 2010 to 2013 we all we brought them to a zero we brought bank uh, bank robberies to a zero we brought atm bombings if you remember to a zero uh, there was the season where i saw that when the people of this country irrespective of what color they are when they join hands they can make movies they can make miracles remember the 2010 world cup Remember how the Justice Department and the courts dedicated to dealing with crimes happening in that space where decisions were arrived at and, and, and it happened quick. Remember the police um, with the blue lights. Uh, the blue lights that we see today come from our initiative, uh, myself and General Petros and others in the Gauteng community. I remember the strategy that we used was called the Gauteng Co-Created Policing Strategy. It was a strategy that was designed, developed by strategists like myself and, and police officers like uh, General Petros, where we all came together, we went to churches, we went to many communities, we uh, we consulted, we went around up to Jamestown. I remember at a certain stage uh, we had a serious debate with some people in a hall in, in Jamestown. And General Petros and I and our respective teams 
ensure that the people, when that meeting was adjourned, support this Houten co-created policing strategy? Did it yield results? Yes. Uh, how do we measure that? ATM bombing, zero. Cash in transit, zero. Uh, your bank robbery, zero. Your rapes, were drastically reduced. The hijackings on the entry on the N12 towards Porch, where I was born and bred, um, in that area, a uh, western area, Ranfontein. Your R28 from uh, Pretoria, the main reef road, onto the N1 next to Fair Ienegeng. The hijackings went down drastically. So we we need to look at what is it that made us work by then. Why can't others who came after us? Um, have not been able to replicate, uh, have not been able to um, do better than we did. I remember one of those things, Chet. Uh, we, I came to uh, to this to this building. We had a meeting with the Jewish Board of Deputies because um, we had picked up some uh, some some information about people um, um, from other religions and other races wanting to come uh, to the to this building or or uh, to this office or to these offices uh, to cause some rubble and that kind of stuff. And the Jewish Board of Deputies called out to the police, and the police came. I was part and parcel of the meeting. What I liked about policing by then. When the deputy, the deputy provincial commissioner came, I came with him. When the general, when the provincial commissioner came, uh, you would come, we would come as a team to listen to people and to engage and ensure that crime is reduced. We're listening and chatting today to Andy Mashaile, who is the past chairman of the provincial policing board and currently the Interpol ambassador for turning back crime. Now a word from our advertisers. Confidential Brief is proudly brought to you by Rubber Roofs, the trusted name in roof waterproofing. A very good afternoon to you. You're listening to Confidential Brief, proudly brought to you by Rubber Roofs, your trusted name in roof waterproofing. Live in Johannesburg on 101.9 FM, and broadcasting live via stream on chaifm.com. Today I'm chatting to Andy Mashaile. He's an ambassador for Interpol for a campaign known as Turning Back Crime. And nowhere in the world is that more applicable than South Africa. Crime has consumed us all. It has resulted in one of the biggest security industries in the world, you have Becky Chele who said he is going to put 10,000 more police officers on the street every year to try combat crime. Very recently, myself and Andy Mashaile attended a, a very voiceless and very high-profile panel discussion on crime in South Africa and whether we were descending into a mafia state. And one of the participants is ex-General Vieri from the Western Cape. And he made a very interesting statement. He said, it's all fair and well to have visible policing on the ground, but that doesn't prove a crime against a criminal. We have a problem with our detectives. I've researched this. In the last five years, we've lost 1,000 experienced detectives. As it stands right now, the Hawks only receive 2% of the annual police budget. That means that no matter how many men in blue you put on the street, 
your more sophisticated crimes are going to go undetected. And even if those policemen are arresting criminals, how are those crimes going to be investigated? Because the boys in blue are only there as a thin blue line. They don't take it any further. That comes down to detectives and the hawks. Andy, my question to you, why are we seeing a, and I don't know if it's deliberate, but we're seeing an a, 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 from a budget perspective, we're not seeing the capacitation of detective services. We're not seeing the capacitation of the Hawks. Do you think 10,000 more police on the block will help? And what do we do about the brain drain in respect of detectives who are retiring or leaving? Chet, I spoke about systemic and systematic weaknesses um, in that last debate or that last, uh, that last discussion. I'm going to talk about it now. Systemic weaknesses and systematic weaknesses speaks to things like how do we use technology to crunch, to crunch the stats in a way and manner that we will learn predictively and do predictive policing so that when you deploy your visible policing uh, officers, they know exactly uh, how to respond, what is going on. Um, they will know because they would be working hand in glove with the Station intelligence uh, officers, your crime intelligence officers. And fast forward, when they have picked up a suspect based on intelligence, they would need to share that information with your, uh, with your detective so that there can be further crunching, so that there can be further lessons learned, so that you can go into your artificial intelligence kind of uh, algorithms that will help us become better uh, when it comes to policing. The issue, even when I was chairperson of the provincial board, and also um, um, a few years a few years later, um, when I left the board, uh, I am still calling for uh, better resourcing of policing, uh, law enforcement agencies. Uh, it's all good and well to have ten thousand police officers uh, boots on the ground wearing uniform and sending throwing them out into uh, um, crime prevention. Um, 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 and, and, and looking at me looking at, at it from this angle that says, yes, they might deter criminals from committing crime. But here's an interesting uh, dynamic, uh, my, my brother Chet. Uh, criminals now uh, want zero cost to physical harm. Criminals don't want to be in the street where they're going to be shot, where you and I as members of the community or any other person is going to take them down based on citizens' arrest. They want to have your money. Uh, they want to take all what belongs to you where risk is minimum to them. So one of the things is they would go onto your cybercrime uh, space. One of them would be to go onto your crime intel um, space. Crime intel in this instance would mean knowing when there's change of shift at police station A or B, knowing how many members are deployed, knowing how many vans are operational, knowing when are the other vans going to cover a certain sector. So in a sector where where there is no van and where there would be your shops and your buildings like this, they would come in and do what they do. So provide provide policing with better resources, financial resources and the tools. The point you've just made is very important. What you're saying is career criminals are career criminals. This is what they do. They're not opportunistic. They plan ahead. I was in Limpopo last week. 
I met with the detective commander at a particular police station. I asked her what number of dockets are her members carrying. She said between 100 and 150. She said the more serious dockets that are allocated to specialist investigators like murder, and I thought the figure was going to be less, she said is upwards of 200 dockets. That's one detective, 200 murders he needs to solve, limited infrastructure, limited resources. In the last decade, murder has increased in South Africa by 62%. The rate of successful prosecutions has dropped by 55% to a measly 14.5%. That means that more than 85% of murders go unsolved. That is a horrific figure. To make matters worse, our murder statistics are worse than that of a war zone. What do we do to capacitate those that are in the police force that haven't reached detective level yet because there is a shortage of detectives? General LeBeer says he is 51% short of the required members to fill the Hawks. What do we do? Your curriculum at Pretoria, Hamanskral, or any other um, training capacity down in, in the Western Cape, make sure that your curriculum is 30% visible policing, ordinary policing, 70% detection. But Chele changed this. When he became commissioner, he introduced the Amabarete. Yes. He wanted to have a paramilitary pseudo-army. Why did he do that? Chad, um... Policing worldwide must appear macho, uh, must be respected because they are organized. They, there's the mm in them, there's the tiger mm in them. Now, other people don't understand, uh, um, don't understand that not all environments worldwide uh, are the same. The level of understanding, the level of engagement, the 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 Alexanders of the Alexanders of the world, uh, the Kingston Jamaicas of the world, the streets, the streets in 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 New York, the streets in the UK, the streets in they different. They different. So you cannot introduce a Skopskit and Donner kind of approach. You need to engage people, particularly our country with its. History, the relationship between the police and the communities. So to give Becky Chele credit, we do need to have policemen that are in some ways respected and in other ways feared. Yes. But we can't have an entire police force made up like that. And I think Andy made a very critical point there. You cannot apply another country's policing standards in our country where we are suffering from abject poverty a massive disparity between the haves and the have-nots, and a massive rate of unemployment. When we come back, I want to chat to Andy about how the unemployment figures are impacting on crime in South Africa. Save big with Discam exclusive deals. Save on three of Discam's best 32GI selling products. 32GI pre-race 
meal energy porridge one kilogram was 384 rand and 95 cents but is now only 329 rand and 95 cents 32 gi race pro supercarb protein sports drink 900 grams was 499 rand and 95 cents is now a ridiculous 359 rand and 95 cents you can also stock up on your favorite sports gel Buy three 32GR high-intensity sports gel, 2 grams, and get another one for free. Available at Discam online or at your nearest Discam store. Discam pharmacies, pharmacists who care. This is Confidential Brief. Confidential Brief is proudly brought to you by Rubber Roofs, the trusted name in roof waterproofing. A very good afternoon to you. You're listening to Confidential Brief, proudly brought to you by Rubber Roofs, your trusted name in roof waterproofing. My name is Chad Thomas. If you're just joining us, I'm in studio today with Andy Mashaile. Andy was the chairperson of the Gauteng Provincial Policing Board, something which was so very important. And we don't see that much activity anymore as we used to see and it's something i want to chat about to him a little bit later in the show but before we get there just before break i mentioned the fact that our unemployment rate is reaching if not exceeding the 35 percent mark it's the highest rate of unemployment in the world now this obviously has dire consequences and leads people to do things that they would not normally have anticipated doing it's sad but the reality is it's contributing towards crime andy your thoughts unemployment is one of the generators of crime unemployment that comes as a result of a number of dynamics political decisions the economic environment um, the social structure many other things companies closing uh, your pandemic and all other things that will come into play um, for us to be able to reduce or eliminate crime, we must look at this generator of crime unemployment. How do we look at it? When you have your ESCOMs of the world uh, going on to stage six for uh, plus minus two weeks, it means the guys who are operating small businesses must slow shop. And the people who are working there must put food on the table for the little ones. And and if they cannot find employment somewhere else because of load shedding and many of those things, people will go into the spa that I spoke about. Point people, point the managers at uh, the managers there with firearms and take money. Um, since I drove here from the freeway from your November three coming this way, passing uh, the hospital, I haven't seen a police vehicle from a, a, a patrolling point of view. And you must remember, as we said earlier on, criminals do this, they survey. They go and they have surveillance teams, they, they, they track, they do all of these things. Um, I, I liked um, Moda's operandi analysis and being in the police and the, the police uh, community police partnership, I specialized in studying Moda's operandi and analyzing it. And when we don't take into cognizance the fact that unemployment will create problems. And, and we also need to go dig deeper and say, is the load shedding creating problems? Yes. How much of a problem? A sizable problem. And not only that, all other things 
um, crime is going to go up. So when you look at your crime stats, which are projected to be to to be going up or to be going to the levels of 30, 35 or thirty one point six percent worldwide, it means your policing resources must not match, must exceed the level of unemployment so that you don't only arrest people, but you invite them to a police station, you talk to them. Those who are experts in small businesses can engage and do that kind of stuff. Andy, you mentioned that you drove from the November 3 to the studios. Our studios are in Raideen, and you didn't see a police vehicle. I'm sure you saw a lot of security vehicles. Yes, sir. This is... An interesting phenomena. South Africa has around about the 180, 190,000 mark of police officers. At our peak a few years ago, we had 220,000 police officers. Conversely, we've got 2.2 million registered security officers, of which 800,000 are active. There are more security officers than the police, the army, correctional services, border patrol combined. When we saw the July 2021 riots, the security companies helped the police form a line between what was happening, the chaos, and they prevented anarchy from taking place. This is not right. Per capita, if you look at our population, which is estimated 62 million people, we have too few police officers, and we become very reliant on security companies. The concern I have is that the security companies are in suburbia where people can afford it. Mm. The people that need it the most, mm. where crime is at its mm. worst, mm. in Ikasi, in the township, yes. they don't have private security patrols mm. up and down their roads. They don't have um, high walls with electric fencing mm. and cameras. What are we going to do to address the fact that private security industry has become a very necessary element in the fight against crime. The police have even acknowledged that they force multipliers in the E2 project. But I don't believe that it's assisting those that need the help the most. What do we do in this situation? Um, Chad, uh, let's go into uh, strategic thinking, thinking outside of the box, removing the box, destroying the box. When we do that, you go into a state of mind or you go into a mode that says, why are police officers um, despondent? Um, I, 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 I had a chat with one of my former colleagues in the blue uniform. Um, I normally stop at roadblocks, so when I see them on the road, I provide them with cold drinks. You know, we need to inspire our people. We, we need to inspire our police officers. There's a captain friend of mine at Soweto, uh, Captain Optoff. Uh, if you are listening to this, thank you, my brother, for the good job uh, that you are doing. Um, um, Captain, if you are listening, this gentleman says to me, for 24 years I've been a warrant officer. What is it Chad, that this guy has not done right that has left him to become a warrant officer for 24 years? You are going to say to me, Andy, what is the point that you're making? Uh, get to the point quickly. In China, police officers are not promoted by a panel of uh, bodies sitting there. Um, 2015, uh, one of the researches that I was doing was uh, looking at why is it that we have disgruntled police officers. China, they take your personal number, uh, your personal number or your unique number, they put it in the computer the first day that you get, uh, you get on the job and you get assessed every day. And how do you do that? When you knock on duty, the guys in the street, uh, Michelle Street, I must be dropped off by my colleagues there. I must go 
into each and every house. And you know what? They sign, they use the thumb, they sign on the tablet. When they sign on the tablet, it reflects already at um, station, it reflects at district, it reflects at province technology, which is what I was talking about. So your everyday engagement with your communities gives this guy some points. Four years later, this guy gets a message on his phone, on his tablet, on his thing that next week, prepare yourself. You are now going to move from a rank of being a constable to a rank of being a sergeant. Four years later, you move from being a, a, a sergeant to being a warrant officer. Now, our problem in this country, we have disgruntled police officers because even when it comes to promotion, we must be bribed before people become generals and many of those things. So we have a responsibility to apply the technology that I wanted to speak um, to uh, Judge Dennis Davis and the rest of the crew about. We need technology. We need to make sure that you look at the welfare of this individual. That guy, 24 years as a warrant officer, the kids have gone to university. The books are expensive. How is this guy going to fund the education of his or her kids? Besides taking bribes and besides being involved with uh, crime, uh, criminal gangs at O.R. Tambo wants to steal the drugs or uh, from KZN, the harbor, the uh, transporting cocaine into Gauteng. And this is 2021. Uh, six of them in Makkas um, transporting 600 kilograms of cocaine. We're chatting to Andy Mashaile. He is the ambassador for Interpol turning back crime <coughs> campaign. When we come back, I want to talk about budget and how that budget is allocated because he's raised a very interesting point about police officers not being promoted, not receiving the correct payment for the years of service, and that causing despondency. You're listening to Confidential Brief. Confidential Brief is proudly brought to you by Rubber Roofs, the trusted name in roof waterproofing. A very good afternoon to you. You're listening to Confidential Brief, proudly brought to you by Rubber Roofs, your trusted name in roof waterproofing. My name is Chad Thomas. Today I'm in conversation with Andy Mashaile. He is the Interpol Ambassador for Turning Back Crime. Before we went to break, we were chatting about despondency amongst police officers, the lack of promotion, and of course that equates to small salaries. Now, Andy, with respect, South Africa has far too many generals, far too many brigadiers, far too many full colonels. Those are the highest paid members in the police. Their, their salaries per annum are just under 2 billion rand. Now, you talk about the despondency of somebody remaining a warrant officer for 24-odd years, yet he sees these guys at the very top living La Vida Loca. Now, look, perhaps we need the amount of generals and brigadiers and full colonels that we have. So my question is going to be, the police budget is already one of the biggest budgets in the country. The last financial year it was 100 billion rand. That's correct, 100 billion rand. And a lot of that money goes towards salaries and towards the new visible policing members on the ground. I talk about a return on investment that if they had to capacitate other law enforcement agencies like the Investigating Directorate or the Aston Forth Unit, perhaps that money could be put back into crime fighting. But as it stands right now, does the state have enough money 
to increase the level of professionalism within the police, to attract the expertise from outside, and to be able to use that as a tool to bring down crime? In my view, as a professional myself, outside of the law enforcement agencies and many other things, when I do analysis of the budgets and when I look at the performance uh, revenue collection and when I look at um, this period, February, January to the 31st of March, uh, when I look at fiscal dumping, when I look at money dumping by department so that that money must not go back to Treasury, it tells me there's a lot of money in our country. And I would like to find out, in fact, if I were the main man at the top of the country, those who return money back to Treasury must be punished, must be disciplined, so that they can plan better, so that the plans that they submitted when they were requesting um, um, funding for their project must be able to stick to the project. Chat. What's the good use of submitting um, a planned budget so that by the beginning of the financial year, government uh, or treasurer gives you an X amount of rent so that you can go and uh, police puzzle shops and that kind of stuff. And then you will send that money back to, to government. I'm not going to talk about money that gets down the drain due to corruption and many of those things. So when one looks at your right, there was many scandals within the police, especially when it came to the purchase of equipment where blue lights, sirens, vehicles, uh, forensic analysis equipment, that there was, there was fraud and corruption. But that's a conversation for another day. When one looks at the Hawks, they get 2% of the police budget. The police budget is $100 billion, The Hawks get $2 billion. General LeBeer has acknowledged that he needs to fill 51% of his posts. That would mean he needs another $2 billion. That would take it to $4 billion. Right now, as we sit here in the last financial year, the VIP protection got $3 billion. They got a billion rand more than the Hawks who are meant to investigate priority crimes. For God's sake, let's be realistic here. Where are the priorities if VIP protection and security services within the police are getting more than the Hawks who are meant to solve the most complex crimes? Chat, the minute and the moment you are afraid of your people, black and white in the country, those that you're leading, we have a problem. Uh, when you look at VIP protection, uh, they're doing their job, the ordinary police officers. But the fact, uh, let me not use the conjunction, but the fact that the budget becomes so big uh, to protect us, VIPs, um, suggests that there's a problem. We are afraid of our people. We don't engage. We don't honor appointments. Look, I drove from far away from the West End. From I'm visiting my mom there, um, my elderly mom. I was summoned to come to the studio to talk about things that could help us turn uh, the uh, turn uh, uh, back the the crime internationally. But because I have been born and bred here, when you call me, I must respond because, amongst other things, the people of this country deployed me. Uh, at, at, at Interpol, particularly the 10 back crime campaign. I have a responsibility to come and talk to you. Um, I don't have um, um, security detail with me. Uh, I deal with very serious things like the things that we talk about. Um, one would expect that there's a, a security detail. But the fact that uh, one has decided to uh, do what is right, you don't have to be afraid of your people. Come to them. 
if Chad decides to chop me off and put me in the corner and the producer here, uh, I must learn. I'm one guy who always, uh, after the interview, who always say, Chad would write um, and, 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 a WhatsApp text and say, did I, perf- did I perform okay? Uh, what is it that I did wrong? Please help me correct. Uh, was I audible? Did I stick to the facts? Was the research okay? Did you double check my figures and stats? Was I lying? So that you, 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 you reflect what the people want. Um, I might sit here in a little cheap black suit and think that I'm the be all and end all. I am not. If the people like yourselves uh, go out there and say, Baba, we want you to vacate. There's someone who can do the job better than you. So long story short, let's prioritize. I have nothing against uh, your VIP protection. There are colleagues in our space chat who are doing that job. But for the fact that we want many of them around us, uh, for me, it doesn't really... Give that money to General Libya. Give that money to General Sibia, organized crime. Give that money to the guys who are collecting the dockets. Uh, the story of 200 dockets. I know that story very well. I have spoken to detectives. I take time to speak to our protectors, uh, the police. There was a moment in 2010, 2011, after the World Cup, uh, where we went to Tokoza, um Mr. Bekikele was still the commissioner of police. Uh, we were launching in Gauteng uh, the community police partnership and nationally. We were launching in Gauteng what you call the trackers. I used to refer to them as the predators. Their job was to track the top 20 criminals. They lived, they were breathing, they were eating, they were waking up, they were washing, they were doing everything with the names of those top 20 guys in their face. When they were brushing their teeth, they would see the name of this criminal. <coughs> they were very successful. When we left, when General Petros left, uh, that tracking team disappeared into thin air. Am I suggesting that we need that kind of a team? Yes. To do what? To give back up to the police, to, uh, to the detectives. I know there are top 200 criminals in South Africa. Who is tracking them? Who has that docket? Who might have a duplicate of the dockets? An ordinary detective and a specialist from the tracking team or from, from the predating team. It's important that you have a specific unit that would do the tracking and provide generally be and provide organized uh, the organized crime um, um, operatives that kind of information. This has been an extremely insightful conversation, and you've raised some really critical points. In closing, I need to ask you this: You spoke about when you were the chair of the provincial community board for policing about this partnership and how the general at the time had embraced it and we saw progress. What has happened to those structures? Are we still seeing as much community involvement or have people become jaded? Chad, the question that I always get uh, from your colleagues in the media industry is who is the chairperson and I tell them who the chairperson is a friend of mine the guy who was my deputy um, TJ Masilel um, and then I get asked why are we not seeing the provincial board giving a line of march to the 
to the to the district. Uh, remember, they used to be clusters to the district, to the stations. Um, we know we have seen you at 142 police police stations. I have been to all police stations, Gauteng. There are 142. The last one um, was Tembisa South, the beautiful one with big building, state of the art. Um, I was part and parcel of the people who were removing, uh, who were cutting the ribbon so that the, uh, the station can work. On behalf of the people of Gauteng, I think this community policing concept which emanates from the constitution of the country. The constitution instructed the Police Act, uh, Police Act, um, SAPS Act, nine, uh, nine, um, uh, Police Act 1968, uh, Police Act 68 of 1995, Chapter 7, Sections 18 to 23, gives an instruction to the member of the Executive Council uh, with the provincial commissioner to advise the provincial commissioner to establish a provincial board. That provincial board initially, that provincial board would then set up the structures beneath it until at police station level. After that structure has been set up, now with your first elections, uh, you would then move. Yeah, you would then move up to the levels where you have uh, uh, all of those structures leading up to the provincial AGMs. Now, um. I, I know that some of the police officers don't want to work with the, uh, with the communities. I know that some of the police officers hate the patrollers. I know that the patrollers from their pockets, they use their WhatsApps, their SMSs to uh, request police officers to come to a crime scene. And I know that some police officers don't want to respond. I also know that in Areas like Deep Clove, uh, Deep Clove, the chairman of the CPF many years ago was killed, um, uh, having yet identified criminals. He ran for his life. He jumped the fences. They knew where he was going. They killed him. And I, I haven't even seen a government uh, hosting awards for your community police, police for us. The people who don't get a salary, the people who went out there to ensure that the safety and security in our country. Uh, the major problem is uh, policing has never taken community police forum serious. It is just only for, um, yeah, it is just only f uh, for their uh, key performance indicators. Andy Masha'ile, on that very serious and poignant note, I want to thank you today. I think it's very important that our listeners understand the vital importance of not just public-private partnerships in the fight against crime, but public community yes. partnerships. Yes. And I want to thank you for what you're doing with the Turn Back Crime campaign and what you did when you were still our Gauteng policing chair. And I'm looking very forward to having you back on air in the coming months so we can chat about who the new police minister is going to be and what changes this minister plans to implement. Chat, thank you very much. Um, I will be hosting, I will be launching a show called Cyber Smart with uh, Endima Shaile at one of your um, uh, national uh, TV stations. Uh, we are finalizing the details. It focuses on uh, cyber security and many other things. Very interesting. Yesterday I had a meeting with my production team and many of those things. Um, let's hope and pray that you and I will sit down and talk about cyber security in line with the new management, in line with reshuffling, in line with the new policies, in line with the new budget, and how it um, intends 
to empower the ordinary person, the ordinary woman. Uh, this woman who lost 89,000 euros, um, 1.6 million in, in Turkey, um, from a cyber smartness point of view. Thank you so much, Andy Mashaile. Next week, we'll be having a chat with the International Association of Financial Crime Investigators to understand more about what's happening in the world of cybercrime, digital fraud, and banking fraud. I'd just like to advise that this show was pre-recorded, so by the time it goes on air this Monday, the president may have already announced who the new minister of police is, and that will be a discussion we'll be having with Andy Mashaile in the coming weeks. Thank you so much for tuning in to Confidential Brief. My name is Chad Thomas.